Thank you, Brother Wade. We do appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here. Um, sorry that I'm not Brother Charles Barnett, but uh, he is one of my heroes. I've known him, uh, I guess, my whole life. Him and my grandfather were really good friends, and I esteem him greatly. And uh, and it's just an honor to just try to pinch hit, I guess you could say. But uh, I do appreciate the opportunity to be here. I appreciate the way God moves, don't you? How he orders things, some things that we don't, we don't understand, but God, in his sovereignty, ordains certain things, and I, it, it's, it's uh, never failed to amaze me how God moves. Thank you for the offering. May the Lord richly bless you. I appreciate, appreciate your giving, and uh, just, uh, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Joshua? We'll say, pass away again. Thank you. I know it's you know you always take a chance having somebody you know come preach that you don't know, but I appreciate the opportunity. Joshua chapter number six, and I'm going to start reading in verse number fifteen. If you don't mind, can you stand for the reading? If you're physically able to do so. Joshua number chapter 6, verse number 15. If you have it, say amen. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day. Go past the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they can pass the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpet. Trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. And the city shall be accursed, even it, and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye, in any wise, keep yourself from the accursed thing, Lest ye make yourselves accursed, when ye take of the accursed thing, and make the camp of Israel a curse, and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Verse number 26. And Joshua jured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. And Joshua jured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord. Verse number 18 and ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing, and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. If the Lord would put his hand on me tonight, I want to preach on when the place of cursing becomes the place of blessing. 
when the place of cursing becomes the place of blessing. We, we live in, uh, I, I never thought we would get to this point, and I, I know I could turn the mic over to our elders here, and they could even talk about just more changes in their lives than what I have seen in 43 years. But I never thought that I would get to the place in America where we are seeing such a light regard for God and the things of God. Can you say man? I, I, I never, I, I read an article today, as a matter of fact, where uh, my wife was just having a conversation with my mother-in-law, and, uh, and, and my mother-in-law does not believe like we do, but she is a very religious person, and she was talking uh, about how it seems like people have lost their interest uh, in church, and it just happened, and I read an article today uh, that America, in the last, I believe it was 10 years, uh, uh, those that profess Christianity that profess uh, following the word of the Lord has dropped uh, by 12%. Now that's everybody in every group that we know is not following the Bible. Uh, and I think it's an even greater percentage. We have gotten to the day uh, that our forefathers warned us of, uh, that people have a light esteem uh, of the things of God, uh, and they have just a flippant attitude uh, of how bad sin is. Can you say man? Uh, they, they don't, I mean, everything, uh, we're in that day where uh, where they call good evil, uh, and they call evil good. They've turned things upside down. Uh, the things that are used to be our moorings, uh, the things that used to ground us, uh, no longer ground us. Why? Uh, well, it's prophesied in the Word of the Lord. Uh, we are living in a cursed world uh, ever since Adam and Eve, uh, ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden of the... Uh, in the Garden of Eden and God kicked them out uh, and the fall of man took place uh, just another chapter on down uh, and we find the first murder in the Word of God uh, we are living in a cursed land uh, and that's what the Bible uh, what Joshua was illustrating uh, to the children of Israel they had just Excuse me. Uh, they had just come over, uh, uh, over across the Jordan. Uh, they had just seen a miraculous, uh, a miraculous parting of the Jordan, just like uh, their forefathers had seen God part the Red Sea, uh, and they walked through on dry ground. But now uh, they're looking at the city of Jericho. This is a day uh, before the, you know, the modern uh, warfare. There, you, you, back in those days, you did not destroy uh, a wall that was twenty foot tall uh, and perhaps 30 feet wide. Uh, you just didn't take that in. Uh, that's why even in uh, even in uh, Nebuchadnezzar's day, it took 18 months. Uh, even though God uh, had pronounced judgment on Jerusalem, it took 18 months uh, for that city to finally fall because they could hide behind the walls. And as long as they had food uh, and as long as they had water, they could just wait out uh, the enemy. Uh, and this is where the children of Israel are at. Uh, they're looking at this insurmountable object. But how many knows when God gives you a promise, you can hold on to it. Can you say amen? And the Bible tells us that they walked around the walls of Jericho in a very unusual military strategy, if I could put it that way, for one day. 
<coughs> for one day uh, they would walk around uh, they wouldn't say anything there was no noise uh, that come from the children of Israel uh, and one day they would go out and they would walk around uh, in complete silence that lets me know uh, that the women must have stayed back at the camp uh, and the men walked around uh, just kidding uh, I drive around the country with a wife and two girls uh, for, pardon me uh, but for six days they did that uh, but on that seventh day uh, when they walked around that first time uh, God said I want you to keep walking uh, and so they walked around six times uh, and he said I want you to walk around again uh, and that's what they did and on that seventh time uh, they blew the trump uh, and the walls came down why uh, because God said the walls uh, were coming down uh, I don't know about you friend uh, but I've come too far uh, in this race not to believe that when God uh, gives you a promise uh, that I can hold on to it. Uh, there's no devil in hell uh, that can snatch it out of my grasp uh, when God has given me uh, a promise. Can you say amen? Uh, but oh friend, I want you to notice uh, that in this first fruits, uh, this was the first nation that was conquered uh, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Uh, the promise of Abraham, uh, Isaac and Jacob. Uh, this was the first land uh, and so God said I want you to give me the first fruits uh, everything in it is accursed uh, everything bring the gold and the silver uh, into the treasury of the Lord uh, but I want you to burn everything else uh, but Joshua chapter number 7 uh, tells us that in the conquering uh, of the city of Jericho uh, and in them destroying uh, the enemy of God uh, there was a man that seen a Babylonian garment uh, and he seen some silver in shekel uh, and he coveted them uh, he lusted after them uh, and he took back uh, that which God said uh, was for him and him alone uh, how many knows uh, that the soul that sinneth uh, it shall surely die uh, my friend I know we live in a generation uh, that looks at sin uh, in such a light regard uh, everybody's going to heaven these days you know it you've talked to them but my friend that's not what the Bible says the Bible says that God is angry with the wicked every day the Bible said that God will pour out his wrath of judgment upon all of the ungodly and the sinners my friend God will judge sin and it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God and because because they can see that garment and he lusted after that that soul had to die and it was not only him it was his whole family for you see if we touch sin it don't only affect us but it affects those that are following us can the church say amen stay with me church I'm trying to get somewhere my friend I don't want to be a part of sin. I don't want to be around that skunk. I don't want the stench getting close to me because I know that what I do in moderation, my children will do in excess. I want to live as close to God as I possibly can because I know and I fully realize that the soul that sinneth it shall surely die. Not only that, Joshua told them uh, that 
the man who raises this city up, he'll build the foundation with his firstborn, and he'll set up the gates in his youngest. Well, First Kings chapter number 16 tells me that there was a king by the name of Ahab who was more wicked than any king that come before. It was in his day, and it was in his hour that how the Bethelite raised up the city of Jericho and upon laying the foundation he lost his firstborn and setting up the gates he lost his youngest son my friend God's word will not return unto him void when he says something's cursed something is cursed now I love America I served four years in the United States Marine Corps I love our founding but my friend God he's got judgment for America we are a long ways away from our founding we are a long ways away from our mooring when they can kill unborn children by the untold millions we are facing judgment when they can say a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy we are facing judgment when same sex marriage is condoned and pushed in our government we are facing judgment Peter said this world is going to burn up and all the elements thereof with the fervent heat God's pouring judgment out upon the children of disobedience but oh even in the place of judgment my Bible tells me that in Luke chapter number 18 there was a blind man sitting at the gate right at the city of Jericho he was sitting in a cursed city he was cursed from his blindness Matthew tells us there was two blind men there and Mark tells us it was Bartimaeus the son of Timaeus two blind men cursed they had been a generational curse they were there in an accursed city but in Luke chapter number 18 the Bible said that Jesus drew nigh into Jericho and I come to tell somebody in this place tonight that you might look around at things that are cursed you might look around at things that don't make sense you might see things in your life and you don't see God moving I come to tell you that even though we're walking in this world my God draws nigh into Jericho my God draws nigh into the middle of our problem into the middle of our tribulation into the middle of our circumstance in the middle of a dry and a weary land Jesus himself draws die when the place of cursing becomes a place of blessing when I got when I, when I showed up there at Fairland Holiness Church on that Friday night pastor my land was cursed my family was cursed. I was cursed. But oh, something in the middle of that service 
got a hold of me. You don't know what it was. Jesus drew nigh under Jericho. I said, Jesus drew nigh under Jericho. And I don't know what you're going through here tonight. I don't know what the circumstance that you find in your life. But I come to tell you that it might look like Jericho. And it might look like a curse. And it might look like God is far removed. And you don't see the blessings. And you don't see the riches of God. And you don't see that wealthy place. I come to tell you that Jesus Christ draws nigh under Jericho. Bartimaeus, he heard the commotion. What's that? He can't see. What's going on? Oh, Jesus is passing by. I heard about him. Jesus is passing by. What the Bible say? Blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Hush up now. Don't bother the master. Don't bother the regular old Friday night service. You got a visiting evangelist. Not even the main guy here. Hush up now. It's not time for your miracle. I come to tell somebody that if you'd be like blind Bartimaeus, I believe God uh, would send a miracle uh, in the middle of Jericho uh, and he cried the louder uh, Jesus uh, thou son of David uh, have mercy on me uh, God I need you now uh, I gotta have you now uh, I need to touch you now uh, I need to feel you now uh, somebody worship the Lord in this place but that's not all let me read it Luke chapter number 18, at the end, he said, Jesus drew nigh. Blind Barnabas cried out. And you know the story. Jesus called him to him. He said, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath made thee whole. But in 19, in verse number 1, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. He's not only drawing nigh, but he said, I'm going to enter in the middle of a cursed place. I don't know if you're getting this tonight. Oh, my friend. I don't know what's going on in your life, but you felt Jesus draw nigh. But he's not going to stop there. He said, I'm going to get in the middle of that divine interruption. I'm going to get in the middle of the valley, and I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you out of here. I'm going to take you out of the accursed land. He enters Jericho, and he'll enter your life. He'll enter your problem. He'll enter your depression. He'll enter your despair. He'll enter your hurt. He'll enter your disappointment. He'll enter your regret. If you get up and let him. He said he entered. And he passed through. He talked to Zacchaeus. And he said this day salvation has come to your house. And the Bible says the whole house was saved. I wish I could get this across better than I'm doing here tonight. 
I wish I could get it across the way I feel it deep down in my soul that not only Christ will he draw nigh, but he enters. But oh, just shortly after this is when Jesus goes to Jerusalem. He's not coming to Jericho no more. And the Bible tells us back at the end of 18 that Bartimaeus got up and he left that old beggar's garment and he followed him in the way. And somebody, somebody needs to realize that Jesus has drew nigh and he's entered. But the next part, are you going to get up and follow him in the way? <laughs> when I started to follow the Lord, I ain't never looked back. When I started to serve God, I ain't never looked back. When God's healed me, I've accepted it and I've never looked back. When God healed my marriage, I grabbed a hold of it and I never looked back. When God healed my children, I accepted it and I never looked back. I was following Jesus in the way because he's not coming back to Jericho. He's leading me out of Jericho. He's leading me out of the accursed place and he'll lead you out of that place that looks accursed in your life if you'll let him. Right, church, lift your hand toward heaven and ask God to help me right now. I don't want to preach past my altar. He draws nigh. He enters. He passes through. And blind Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus followed him in the way. Those that were accursed. Those that were looking at dreams that were cursed. Those that were looking at promises that seemed like they were cursed. Those that were looking at a revival that never came. I'm not talking about a meeting. I'm talking about revival. Those that were looking at the walls of Jericho to come down that seemed like it never came down. He draws nigh. Oh. And right now, you're looking at something. You're looking at the ruins. Oh, God, would you help me right now? You're looking at something that is dead. You're looking at a promise that is dashed. You're looking at a day that you used to be on the mountaintop. But now you find yourself in the valley low. I ain't come in here with an agenda. But my friend God sent me here tonight and told me to tell you he'll turn the cursing into a blessing. And it might look accursed. Your life might look accursed. Your family might look accursed. But God will draw nigh and he'll turn it around. What are you looking at?
Remember when, when Amos prophesied there in chapter number 9? When God, speaking through the prophet, said, I will build again the ruins or something along that of the tabernacle of David. I'll turn it around. The children of Israel were looking at ruins. And you've been praying about something for a long time. And it looks like it's ruined. I think God just dropped a scripture in my heart to tell somebody, I'll turn it around. And I will build again the ruins. As a red-blooded America, American, I was ready to fight when some ragheads flew some planes into them twin tires. I was ready to sign back up and do whatever it took. Sorry I said that. But anyway, I was ready to do it because it looked like the dream of America was crashed down. But I was in New York City just a few years ago. And when that place, they've got a monument of the two existing or original World Trade Center. But now they've got one building that reaches up into the sky. On top of the building, they got an 800-foot sphere that shoots into the starry night. At night, the total footage of that is 1,770 six feet. I just like that. The year that our forefathers signed the Declaration of Independence. And when I went there, the ruins wasn't there no more. I know. I know you're looking at something that looks like it's crashed down to the ground. And Ezekiel was put into the valley of dry bones. Son of man, can these bones live again? Thou knowest. I can't do nothing about it. Prophesy, son of man. And I believe I believe I felt the anointing of God that's trying to let somebody know these bones will live again. This dream will live again. This revival will live again. This family will live again. This backslider will live again. This church will live again. Y'all remember there? When he brought him out there, and he said, now the, the bones are, are standing. We know that's a prophecy, or I believe it's a prophecy of the children of Israel coming back to their homeland. But they're not saved. I know there's a few, but, but then he said, let the wind blow. Let the wind blow. And all of a sudden... Ezekiel looked over there and it was an army. That's not what it said, is it? It said an exceeding great army. We're just a little bit before. It was dead. Just a little bit before. There was nothing but bones. But now, the man of God looked over there and he said, I see an exceeding great army. I see something that's going to conquer death, hell, and the grave. I see somebody that's going to charge hell with a water pistol. Like Joey Hyde used to say, I see army out of dead bones. <laughs> Would you stand with me?
You should have. I know I told the story last night. I'm not going to tell the story again. But you should have seen my bride in that trial of all trials. And look, she's going to make it. When I looked in her eyes that night, it just seemed like all hope. Where are you at, God? And I dozed off in that hospital room. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked over at my wife. And her eyes were wide open. What is it, baby? And I looked, and she was looking out the window. And out there at St. Michael's Hospital, she could see a bright light out that window. These bones will live again. These dreams will live again. That backslider will live again. That promise, it seems dead. I know I'm not doing a good job. But it'll live again, friend. And where before you've seen nothing but death and decay, I believe God's going to let somebody here see an exceeding great army. What's dead in your life? What 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 is that? Every head bowed, every eye closed. What is that? That thing that you used to hold on to that you know come from God. But it's been a long time since you believed it would happen. It's been a long time since them bones have lived again. You're standing out there and you're looking at an accursed land, accursed life. Cursed family. Maybe the devil's cursed your finances. Maybe the devil's cursed your peace. That smile that you used to walk in a room and man, you'd light up the room just that. Because that smile went more than skin deep. It went all the way to the heart. And now, you walk through the back doors and you force that, but you ain't really feeling it. You force that handshake, but you're not really, you're not really 
you're not really enjoying it. Because you feel like it's cursed. Jesus is drew nigh here this night. Through the feeble attempts of an evangelist, I have felt the anointing of God tonight. He's true nigh. And he not only drew nigh, but he entered into this sanctuary. And he's passing through. He's walking right beside you, trying to lead you to the altar. Why don't you follow him? I'm afraid, I'm afraid of what they'll think, preacher. Who cares what they think? That's the devil talking anyway. Step out. Won't you come now? While there's that inward desire. Even though the devil's trying to trying to distract and the devil's trying to put things in your mind while there's that desire there is something about that walk to an altar it's an outward sign of an inward confession God I need you because without you it's cursed without you I'm looking at at a cursed land won't you step out won't you say, excuse me. i got to get to the master. Bartimaeus, hush up. We're about to go eat. Now, you don't understand. I've been in my predicament way too long. We can eat later. I need to touch Jesus. Won't you come? Oh, church, would you pray with me? God, I've tried to preach my heart. I've tried to preach the burden you've laid on my heart. I know. I know. Oh, it don't seem like I've, I've come across God. I'm sorry for that. I feel you even right now. Trying to speak to hearts and lives in this place. God, I'm asking you, Lord, I'm asking you to give them the willpower to act on what they want to act on right now because they want to touch you, Lord. I believe that. I can feel that in my spirit. God, I'm tired of sitting here. I'm tired of being here wallowing in my pain and in my disappointment, in my hurt. I'm tired of the situation that I find myself in. I'm tired. I'm tired of not believing that you're going to answer my prayer. I'm tired of feeling the depression. I'm tired of feeling these thoughts of despair. I'm tired of it all. God, I'm coming to the altar. I'm getting deliverance here tonight. 
tonight. Uh, friend, I believe he'll deliver you. I don't believe you have to go home the same way you came in in this building tonight. Uh, I don't believe you have to lay your head on your pillow uh, and tears roll down the side of your face uh, because you just can't get past it. You just can't get through it. I believe God can give you victory tonight. Uh, would you come, friend? Why God's reaching out. Why God's walking through. Why God's touching your heart. Why there's a desire. Why there's a longing for God to turn it around. Strike while the iron's hot, friend. If you walk out that door like you come, the devil's going to convince you. You're just giving him more power. You're just giving him more strength to say you're never going to get it. You're never going to be delivered. You're never going to get what God wants to give you. Why don't you step out, friend? I come on, beloved. I come on, friend. Won't you let the Lord work in your life? He said, I'll draw nigh. But he said this verse. He said, you draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. You take one step toward him, friend, and he'll take the rest to you. Won't you step out? Won't you step out? God, I need you. Won't somebody be like that little woman who pressed through the crowd, pressed through the doubt, pressed through the hurt, pressed through the disappointment. I've got to touch Jesus. I'm tired. This is going to kill me. This is going to destroy me. The devil's eventually going to get me. I've got to get my help tonight. That's you, friend. You know it is. I feel it. I know. I know when I feel the Holy Ghost. Won't you step out, friend? I'm worried about what they're going to think. Who cares what they think? God will turn something that the devil's tried to convince you a curse. God will turn it into a blessing. Step out. Would you come? Would you come? Oh. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Would you come? Would you come? No, 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 no,